Hey everybody, this is Dominic D'Angelo of WrestleZone.com. Today's date is January 18th, 2022. And uh, I'm happy to have with me here one of my favorite interviews that I usually do because he gives different perspectives, not just from the wrestling standpoint, but from the marketing standpoint. It's the most marketable himself, Richard Holiday. Rich, thanks for joining me again, man. Dom, cheers. Uh, pleasure to be on. Thanks, brother. So I know 20, it's like two, almost 2.30 now. How many coffees are you typically up to at this juncture of the day? Um, probably around three to four at this point, you know, you got to temper it because I usually uh, lift weights a little bit later on in the day. So I like to have a little bit of a gap between, um, you know, like my third cup of coffee and then like my pre-gym cup of coffee. So I'm at, right now I just finished my third. Okay. So I always wanted to, I don't know if I ever asked you this too. Now does coffee, can you drink coffee right before you go to bed and hit the hay and be a okay? Or do you have to like give yourself a window of a grace period, if you will? No, I can drink it in bed. I can do the same. <laughs> Any downtime of the day, I'm all right. Right. Um, now, I got to ask you uh, something. You're synonymous with coffee, but you were also synonymous with your AirPods. But we saw at the turn of the year, you kind of got rid of those. Uh, any update or can you give us a little bit of uh, more uh, context to that situation going on? Yeah, I mean, I met with my marketing team. You know, we discussed some different options, you know, heading into the new year of, of, of what we should do. And we just decided that they're just not cool anymore. And, you know, I kind of made that decision, um, you know, kind of on the spot. It was just like it was presented to me. And then I said, yeah, you know what? They're done. Um, they ran their course. I got as much mileage out of them as I could. Um, I probably could have gotten more, but I, I feel like you got to go out on top. I, I've never been one to, you know, completely drain the well dry. You got to leave a little bit of juice in there. And that's what I felt like I did. And uh, they're done. So if you think you're wearing AirPods to look cool, you just, you know, you're not anymore. It's just that pass. Yeah. Like you said, on top, it's like Seinfeld. You got to end it up like at the top of the game. Um, what? So something else I wanted to talk about, too, just was MLW as tech in general. It airs every Thursday now at 8 p.m. And uh, it's, uh, I think, two interviews ago, we talked about how unique of an environment uh, Mexico was and be wrestling in Tijuana and everything like that. But now it's kind of under the MLW Azteca banner with Cesar Duran. Talk about kind of wrestling in that environment. And how different is that from what you're typically used to, not just in MLW, but wrestling in Mexico as well? Well, it's more hostile now that that Caesar is kind of, you know, taking the reins on all of this. He's come in very power hungry, very manipulative. And, uh, you know, he's he's trying to assert his power. And, you know, I think he needs to understand that long before he ever got there, MLW was dynastic and guys like Hammer and guys like myself, like we're not going to put up with his stuff. So, you know, still going to Mexico, you know, I feel like I'm a veteran of Mexico now, um, you know, in Tijuana, I've been over there multiple times and, um, you know, it's, it's always interesting. It's always different. Um, this was my first time going over there since, you know, the pandemic. So, um, but yeah, uh, still not the biggest, uh, you know, fan of going over to Mexico, but it is what it is. Now, from the now, obviously, like Cesar Duran is a little slimy. He's got a little bit of sketchiness to him. But I think from a certain like from a perspective of marketing and promotion, uh, he seems to got it pretty well in tune with uh, Court Bauer and MLW. Can you talk about how that element what makes that such a kind of a unique environment for pro wrestling in general? Well, you know, Caesar is still a, you know, very notorious promoter. You know, at the end of the day, he has a history of, 
of, uh, you know, being successful. That doesn't mean that I necessarily like him or that I get along with him or, or that I, you know, uh, like the cologne that he wears because he smells terrible anytime I see him. But, you know, Caesar is Caesar. You know, he's power hungry. He's manipulative, as I said before. Uh, but he's not dynastic. Not at all. Um, so it's a different environment. Um, I don't really know the talks of him and Cora, what, what they do, what they talk about, um, how they communicate. Um, but, you know, that's that's not for my uh, it's not for my knowledge. I can only really control what I can control. Well, yeah, he's tried to Cesar Durant's trying to mix it up between you and Hammer a little bit, uh, trying to give some incentives and certain things like that. And he's been you can see. On MLW Zateca, he's pushing a lot of buttons with a lot of different groups and friends and everything like that. Uh, and there was also people were kind of speculating that you were going to turn against your buddy Hammer. But we all know when you're Dynasty, you're a Dynasty bro. So talk yeah. about kind of having that aspect of that impression of you. But it's not really the case with you and Hammer. You guys are tight. You just you celebrated his birthday yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really know why, you know, people, consumers, they, they think that, you know, I'm gonna turn on Hammer. I think it's just like this, like stereotypical pro wrestling thing. Like, oh, the buddy's gonna, what? Why? Like, why can't we just remain friends for the entirety of our careers? Is you know, it doesn't really, um, I don't really understand that thought process. Well, I guess maybe I do because you know, most people who uh, are, are talking about this are not too educated or too highly intellectual, you know, so they, they might not have really thought provoking, stimulating, you know, thoughts and conversations, but uh, that's neither here nor there. I don't want to dive into that too much, but yeah, I mean, Hammer's my boy. It was just his birthday yesterday. You know, uh, we celebrated. So, you know, I don't know why people think that. Did you get him anything or if you were to get him something, what would you get him typically? Um, I would get him like a, a month's worth of rotisserie chickens. So that's what I did. I sent it over to him and, yeah, he's got uh, he's got quite a few rotisserie chickens. You know, he I know I think it was after he did his bodybuilding thing, he he like cheat ate. He had this huge ass meal with all these different like desserts and everything, and he, he regretted doing it. Um, how how often do you do a cheat kind of do, or do you, how do you balance that out with your uh, routine eating? Yeah, it's tough. Um, you know, pro wrestling's interesting, you know, because you know I wrestle basically in my underwear. Um, so I don't really have cheat days. If I want something, I, won't, I don't restrict myself. You know, I, I still live my life. But I understand what, you know, I have to stay aesthetically pleasing. I have to, that's kind of the image that I portray. And that's what I like to portray. So, you know, all these cheap foods and all these things, they don't really fit into my lifestyle. But if I will make them fit, um, no problem. You know, there's, there's nothing I won't eat. Um, I just don't do that that often. Right. It's always about being selective and choosing, picking and choosing your moments kind of for that kind of stuff. Right. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. Um, so what we have been seeing is that with the open door policy with MLW and uh, kind of like, a, I guess, a cultivation of that. Uh, we saw a little bit of teases, too, on last MLW's tech as you went to save Hammerstone from Duran. Talk about um, having that open door policy and kind of some intriguing possibilities that you could kind of see forthcoming. Because, I mean, MLW has always been having a mixture of diverse talent and everything like that. But now with an open door policy happening, it seems to be a lot more eye catching, especially in today's wrestling landscape. Yeah, I mean, the open door policy is interesting. I think that's more for from a consumer's point of view. For me, I don't really care. Um, you know, I'm already in the door. So, you know, if people come strolling in, Okay, but are they going to stay? 
that's what's more important to me. Um, who's going to help grow the brand? Who's going to help take MLW to the next level? That's been guys like me. That's been guys like Hammerstone, um, you know, who have been there for quite some time. So, you know, like I said, the open door policy, that's great. I'm already inside the door. Whoever walks through, I don't really pay too much attention to it. Now, is there somebody in the wrestling landscape that you kind of seen uh, you guys like you and Hammer are really good at promotion and self-promotion is there somebody else another talent that kind of intrigues you in a way of how they handle themselves via like social media just via getting their name and their persona out there a lot of the ways um you know i i definitely i see what happens on social media and i pay attention to an extent but i'm very um much more so focused on my brand and my branding and you know what i have to do in order to continue to make my brand grow um there's people out there who do a good job but um, you know, like I said, I'm very, I'm very fixated. I'm very focused. So I, I, I tend to just stay with what I do and pay attention to what I'm doing. Sure. I mean, that, that's the way to do it too, in a lot of ways. Um, as, as far as, uh, going into are you going to be at, in Dallas for MLW upcoming on January 21st? Of course. Okay. So I kind of want to get your perspective. Now you, these guys, you're not on really super good terms with either. And that's the Von Eriks. Uh, they're tagging, challenging for the tag titles in a tornado tag up against 5150. Uh, and last time they won the titles was against you and MJF. Wanted to kind of get your perspective, uh, personal feelings aside, your perspective on the Von Eriks in today's wrestling landscape from not just from an engineering standpoint, but again, from like, if you kind of looked back from it, from a marketing standpoint, how do you, how do you think they fit overall in pro wrestling? today well they fit great in dallas i'll tell you that much sure um, so you know i think that they they're a, a historical tag team right like it's the von erics like whether i like them whether i don't you know if i would grab a coffee with them after the show that doesn't really matter i understand good marketing when i see good marketing and they're the von erics you know they they probably should be doing more in my opinion um you know i i, I can't control what they do but, you know, they have uh, all the talent in the world. They can do as much as they want. So, you know, a good place to start would be in, in Dallas, Texas. Absolutely. And, I mean, there's a lot of other names going to be there. Davey Richards, uh, Enzo, um, Jacob Fatu's coming back uh, after a little bit of a hiatus. Um, is there anybody in 2022 on MLW that you kind of want to mix it up with a little bit that you haven't really gotten to yet in the past? You know, usually I don't I don't mention any names uh on answers like this mm -hmm. the one thing i will say is that i thought uh i thought myself and fatu did have an interesting exchange in the war chamber so i've already tangled with him a little bit but i would be interested to see uh in the confines of just singles action what that would look like but other than that i pretty much just just stay um on the course of is is this situation going to grow my brand i'm a situation guy rather much more than a you know who, who my opponent is you know uh if i'm in the main event i'm in the main event obviously there's got to be somebody across the ring from me uh, sure. who that no um i don't care but it's you know being in the main event so uh, that's that's how i kind of focus on things absolutely um I mean, people, this is something that was talked about last week on Azteca, but it's been a topic going on as you and Alicia Toot. Um, she accompanied you to the ring and she kind of denied it uh, on commentary a little bit, but she also admitted that she was there for a reason. And she's kind of been almost 
at your side in a lot of ways when there come conflict with Cesar Duran. So what's the status of you two exactly? Yeah, I mean, she's very confused. You know, she's, you know, she's, she's obviously loves me or, or, or has a crush on me. You know, that's very obvious. Um, anybody could see that. Um, you know, she walked out to the ring with me. You know, I didn't ask her to do that. She asked me. I said, okay, sure, come out. Um, and then she gets on commentary and kind of denies it. So obviously it's a little bit of confusion on her end. There's no confusion on my end. Um, you know, she's asked me out and I've said no. So, um, but I have no problem being cordial with her. I have no problem being friendly with her. You know, she's actually cooler than I thought. She's cooler than, you know, uh, I originally estimated. But, uh, you know, I think it's more on her. All right. Hey, you know, yeah, it's a, it's a one give situation kind of deal. Um, also, all right, this is a little bit of a shift here, but uh, I know you're a baseball fan, Yankees fan, being from Connecticut and all that. Um, MLB's on lockout right now. If you were kind of trying to, I don't know, cultivate uh, getting baseball back to relevance, how, from a marketing standpoint, how would you go about that? What would you do in regards to if, say, if you had the commissioner hat on, you had to get things cooking again? What would, I mean, yeah, what would you do from a marketing standpoint of building the brand of Major League Baseball back to kind of a relevancy, almost to the level of the late '90s and things like that? When kind of when we grew up. So base baseball, just like anything else, they need stars, and they need to they need to embrace the young talent that they have and make them the building block. So like. You know, when baseball was super high, I think the last time that baseball was super hot was probably the steroid era. Right. Yeah. Like, but they had Bonds and Sosa and McGuire and Jeter and Mariano. And, you know, they had these absolute stars. And now I think that they're struggling to make them. Um, I think the past couple of years, you know, COVID has restricted people from really blossoming. They got some young guys, you know, they got Tatis, they got Soto, they got Judge. Um, you know, there's 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 some people who can do that, but it's a matter of those players taking the next step. And then, you know, you also have to rely on the people who are going to sponsor them. So the Nikes, the Under Armors, you know, the ESPNs, the, you know, who's going to put these these players on the forefront and, and make them stars? You know, put them on, 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 you know, send somebody on, you know, late night with Jimmy Fallon, send somebody – um, you know, put them on the cover of Sports Illustrated or put them on the cover of GQ and get them more, you know, acclimated to the general public and get people to watch them. I don't know. Baseball is a really uh, is a sport where it's really like the purists. They rely on the purists, you know, to subscribe to the MLW, uh, um, MLB network um, and things like that. So it's tough. How do you get the younger audience to engage in this sport? Um, I also think that it. Um, it has to get down to the local level mm -hmm. of getting kids to play baseball and, and, you know, more travel teams. There's a lot of things that they can do. Um, but they're, they're so far behind the NFL and the NBA that it's, it's tough. It's an uphill climb. I feel a lot of it too. There's such a rigidness to what it comes to like the old school mindset of things that they don't let a lot of the personalities flare up kind of like you would see in the late nineties or like the eighties, even like when you had like Reggie Jackson, guys like that. Now it's, you know, everybody's kind of buttoned up and there's certain you got to handle things a certain way where I think they almost got to loosen their ties a little bit and kind of, hey, give these guys a chance to kind of stand on a platform. It is an individual sport in a lot of ways. So it's like I think that's a big aspect to it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, finally, I'll get your thoughts on this. Uh, I'm a lowly New York Jets fan. You're struggling as Giants being a Giants fan. They let go of Joe Judge. Um, who do you want to see as the next coach? And also. 
Is Daniel Jones the guy? Um, Daniel Jones is not the guy yet. Um, it would all depend. If they got um, Jim Harbaugh, mm-hmm. he could be the guy. Um, if they bring in Brian Flores, he will not be the guy. Who do I want as the head coach? Um, I would probably say I would want Harbaugh number one. Um, and then you could spend your first two draft picks on offensive linemen and, 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 and give Daniel Jones another try. Worst case scenario, you draft a backup quarterback and see what happens. I don't know. They're, they're in such a predicament. They also need pass rush. Anytime they've ever won the Super Bowl has been with elite pass rushers. You know, my favorite player of all time is uh, O.C. Umanura. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, number 72. I wore that number in high school for him. Um, so they need guys like that, and they just don't have it. No, it's it's frustrating to see too. Like the Maras, they they talk about how like kind of thoughtful and stuff they are, but they're also saying like you know John Mara is not up to snuff as like you know his his family was. So it's like I I like to see the Giants always in the mix because I think the NFC can usually be one of the funnest conferences to watch. But um, it yeah, it's just it's a matter of them getting the all things lined up. I'd love to see Harbaugh too. I think Harbaugh's he's got structure, but he's also got that connection with QBs and stuff. So yeah, hopefully we'll see what happens. I don't know, but cool. Rich um, talk about uh, what's going on with the coffee stuff. It, everything uh, give the information to of, of how they can get a hold of, you know, your the rarefied air. Yeah. The coffee stuff is going great. You know, I partner with uh, legal speed coffee based out of um, you know, Southern California. They do a great job. Um, you know, my specific roast rarefied air is, is selling really well. Um, it's gotten fantastic feedback from the consumers and people that are drinking it. And it's really a lovely blend. It's, it's quite a good coffee. It's a coffee drinker's coffee. Um, it comes whole bean, you know, so you got to grind it up and, uh, and enjoy it. I would, uh, I would recommend picking up a bag if you, if you never have. The links are in my bio. They're in my link tree. Um, it's good quality coffee. So oh, yeah. Hell yeah, yeah, man. Is there any suggestion you would give? Are you heading to Dallas? Are you going to, are you scoping out any coffee spots to go to there? Of course. Yeah. I usually, uh, I always try and find a local shop to just kind of go and mellow out for a little bit. Um, those weekends can be very stressful. So I like to uh, decompress. Uh, Roots Coffee House uh, usually does a good job, but that was where we used to run in Dallas. Um, I'm interested to see what's going to be around Gillies, um, which is a new venue for us that, w- that we're going to be going into in Dallas. Um, so I'm excited. So, Hopefully there's some good ones out there. Hello. You gave me a great suggestion for Philly too. It was a real good one, like a medium dark kind of roast. It was, and it was real, real good. So yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. Right. (laughs) All right. Cool. Yeah. So check out MLW Azteca Thursday nights at 8 PM on YouTube, but you can be in sports on Saturday, but also MLW come to Dallas, go to MLWDallas.com to get some tickets still. They're still available. So check that out. And they're coming to Charlotte too. MLWlive.com for those ones. 